everyone. Welcome to the Copy Blogger Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a special episode this week. Ethan spent all week making a connection with Matt, who I have on the show. Uh, Matt, hi, welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And then what happened is Ethan sent us both a, uh, a text message today saying that he had a ton of construction outside of his house and it was super noisy. And so this is just going to be Matt and I. Matt is an expert at newsletter growth. And this is a topic that we talk about a lot on the show. So so we're just going to jump right in. Matt, first off, once again, really appreciate you jumping on. We don't do uh, interviews very often on this. And so Ethan said like, no, we have to talk to this guy. This is really important. So I'm thrilled that you're giving us your time. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, it's good to be here. I've actually read the blog for the past few years on and off. I started off whenever I started digital marketing as yeah. a copywriter. So it was a good resource for me. So it's good to meet you. Yeah, it's I always love hearing that because for instance, when we hire employees in my company, I always say like find the best writers. Find the best writers. Copy bloggers a bunch of writers. And I state often that the best foundational skill is being a good writer. Do you think that's a true statement or do you think yeah. that I agree. I think that gets overlooked so much, especially when you start working in big tech like I did in digital marketing is so focused on the marketing part and like they kind of subjugate copywriting to a smaller role or a junior employee, which is just yeah. a silly thing to do because they can have the biggest impact on your business, on your growth more than anything. And um, it surprises me how few people read about copywriting, like read the foundational copywriting books by like Claude Hopkins and Ogilvy mm-hmm. and all the guys who are passed away now, but like are the founding fathers of direct response marketing. So it, it helps you with everything related to marketing because everything you're putting out there has a message, whether it's a video or a copy online, totally. like totally. you have to have that right to make the marketing work. Yeah. Well, I can tell we're going to get along great. All right. So let me take a step back. I did a terrible job of introducing you. Matt McGarry is your name. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> yeah, perfect. We're going to talk about all of your experience. We're going to talk about the newsletters that you've worked on. We're going to talk about some of the real in the weeds stuff, which you and I were were hinting at a little bit before. But before we do, could you give just like a two-minute introduction? How did you get into newsletters? You you said that you have an agency right now. What are you working on? Yeah. So I previously worked at The Hustle, which is one of the larger business and tech newsletters, media companies. It was bought by HubSpot. Um, And I helped them grow over 2 million subscribers. And after working up there for about two years, I kind of had these opportunities. I had a lot of people asking me to help them with their newsletters outside of the hustle. And in April of this year, I left to do that. And now I have this newsletter growth agency that I'm growing, working with about 10 newsletters right now, What's mostly focused on paid growth for those folks. What's it called? What's your agency called? It is called Grow Letter. There's really like the name isn't really out there right now, because it's just me. I'm like the sole person doing it right now, hiring people later this year. Excellent. Growletter.com or do you yeah, .co, right? .co right now. Perfect. Growletter.co. Growletter.co. Yeah, we will uh, definitely link that link that in the show notes on copybloggerpod.com. Okay, so your experiences with newsletters, your experience with is, is with ads. I am going to approach this conversation very selfishly because it was Ethan, actually. He was breaking down, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, um, the hustle's newsletter growth book that they did is like a 200 page research document they put together. And so Ethan was the one that explained to me that 
the majority of media outlets that are considered newsletters and even ones that aren't considered newsletters kind of follow this format, right? There's the free newsletter, which usually monetizes through ads. And then there's what they call the front end product, which is the product that's like really on display is usually the cheaper, I shouldn't say cheaper, the more affordable product anywhere from a hundred bucks a year to let's even call it 500 bucks a year. And then there's the back end product, which is the real high dollar VIP type product. It could be a mastermind, you know, could be a, a real high level research publication. It, it could be something like that, right? So there's the free newsletter, there's like the front end product, and then there's the back end product. And when Ethan explained this to me, I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been doing. I've been working on my personal blog on Tim Stodds forever. I never really knew what I was doing with it. It was just, just writing because I enjoy to write and figure like, yeah, I'm working on my brand, right? And so when Ethan said that, like, I went for it. I was like, I'm taking this model. I've gotten 7,500 subscribers right now and launched a, a front-end product, which is 99 bucks for the year. Still super, super affordable, but we're just getting started. And, and it's, it's going great. I got about 160 members on my front-end product. I got about 7,500 7, subscribers on my newsletter. And this is something I'm very, very interested in. And so I'm going to approach this conversation very selfishly and just ask questions that are going to benefit me in hopes that they're going to benefit other people. Now, so the first question, when I say all of that, do you hear that model and think like, yeah, that's, that's a good plan? Is there like another underlying business model that you think is more effective with newsletters or, or how does it No, I think that's perfect. It? I love that model in kind of Ethan and, and the team that wrote that kind of took that from like Agora. And also the Motley Fool, which I think does it best. Those are both multi-billion dollar businesses. Totally. And they have that exact same model. They have a lot of free newsletters. They have a front-end product, which is usually $49 to $99 per year. And they have back-end products that are about $2,000 a year. And if you look at the Motley Fool, they have you know their stock advisor, which is $99 bucks a year. They have millions of members on that. And then I think they only have one or two back-end products that are about two k per year each. And they kind of upsell and cross-sell those to the front-end customers and that's a that's a massive business agora does it well too they have multiple like different agora they have multiple publications that are under agora like agora financial is one of the most well-known ones and then i'm sure there's tons of other folks that have copied this model too so it's it's the way to go i see a lot of people create like courses that are a thousand dollars or a newsletter that's a thousand or two thousand dollars and they have nothing in the front end and they really struggle to convert customers who are um cold they convert yeah. people who like have been following them for years and know a ton about them. But when they go out with ads and they try and reach cold, cold audience, like it doesn't convert. So having that front end, which is like the, the in between, um, helps the funnel a ton. So interesting. I never would have thought of it that way. And then once you, once you drink the Kool-Aid, you think like, what other way would you possibly do it? Like anything else wouldn't make sense. And an example that you just put together is, is, it's perfect. It's so much easier to sell a $2,000 product to somebody who's already bought a $90 product. And more importantly, has had like a really great experience with that. Let's just the front end product, 90 bucks to 500 bucks, let's call it. And I never would have thought about that until I read that booklet. It's like a really great piece. Yeah, it is. It's just that like getting that commitment that they already bought from you, they're going to buy from you again. So it's so much easier to convert them. You don't need a two hour long webinar to convert them to your high end product. You don't need to get on the phone. 
Um, <laughs> although that may help, but like just having them trust you and like deliver yeah. on a, a low cost product helps. And like a hundred dollars a year is like $2 a week or something like that. So it can, you can get people in the door uh, very quickly or something like that. Yeah. So let's talk about paid acquisition. I think paid scares people, especially people on Twitter who are creators. I have a weird love-hate relationship with this term creator because I just don't get what it means. Like I see content as a way to grow a business, whereas I think other people see content as just a thing within itself. To me, it's always a means to an end as opposed to like the end result within itself, right? And so, so much of the chitter chatter is build an audience, build a social audience, get your brand out there and grow your newsletter for that. And I've seen some people have success with that, but the real, real successful newsletter businesses spend money to grow. And so where from your experience, which is significant, is it really doable to build, let's say a million dollars a year? Is it doable to to build a million dollar newsletter without any paid acquisition at all? It's tough. Usually the people that have success there already have a large social following and they're able to convert, you know, 20, 40% of their audience to the newsletter. Yeah. So if you don't have, you know, 100K plus social following already, you really need to be using paid acquisition and be able to, you know, acquire a customer for or a subscriber for a few bucks and then make a few bucks from them via uh, sponsorships or a paid product. Um, and that's just going to be the fastest way to grow. It's going to be paid advertising. You can always grow faster with that as long as your ads have ROAS. You can grow faster with that than growing an audience, audience organically. Totally. So talk me through it, man. Let's say I called you. I say, hey, I got 10 grand a month. I want to grow my newsletter. Just walk me through the process. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Believe it or not, I've never spent a single dollar in advertising ever. So do you begin with the messaging? Do you begin with the audience? Do you begin with just tests and experimentation? How the hell would I even get started? Yeah, well, first of all, you have to have some traction, which you already have. But if, yeah. if someone out there has the newsletter, no subscribers, like start publishing, start posting on social media, get, you know, 5,000 subscribers, which you can do in a couple months if you get like a content market fit. Um, so once you have that some degree of content market fit, you have some subscribers and a value proposition to your newsletter. Basically, you need to have a landing page and it doesn't need to be super complicated. Um, like Substack has built in landing pages. Beehive has built in landing pages. You can make something with click funnels really quickly and you want to see what the conversion rate is in that landing page. You can do this. Those tools have, I think you can see in the dashboard of those tools, you can look at Google Analytics, but you want to get a landing page and, and try and have your organic landing page conversion rate around 40%. Um, and it's not that hard to do that if, you're, if your newsletter has a good value proposition. You're showing people yeah. how you solve the problem or like a benefit that matters to that reader. And the landing pages that work best are literally just pages that there's one thing to do on the page and that's subscribe. They can yeah. click on the privacy policy, of course, and stuff like that. But like you can't scroll. It's just a headline, subheadline, form, and a subscribe button. And that's all you need. Maybe some testimonials or some social proof can help a lot. But build a landing page like that. Um, if the conversion rates around 30 or 40 percent, it will probably be even higher for a lot of folks. Then you're ready to use that page um, for advertising. So that's step number one. Step number one, too, I guess. Um, then we're actually going into the building the ad. So the platform that I recommend most people start with is Facebook. It's just like I guess I think it's the biggest. 
Google might be number one, but it's the biggest for newsletters. It's really easy to set up. There's no minimum spend. Like you can start spending 10 bucks a day, 50 bucks a day. And um, setting up the tracking is pretty easy. So that's where I recommend people starting. And when I say Facebook, I also mean Instagram. It's the same platform, the Facebook ad platform, right? Totally. So where do we start from there? I would just go look at your competitors and other newsletters that are leading the space. So check out The Hustle, check out Morning Brew, and go to the Facebook ad library. You can just Google that and find that and type in those Facebook pages and look at like what ads are working for them. You can sort by active ads and then go down and try and find the oldest ads, ads that have been running for the longest because in theory, those ads are working the best because they've been active for a long time, right? And um, I would just basically start swiping. You don't need to have super creative ad copy. You don't need to have a long form copy for a newsletter either because you're asking for something that's pretty easy to get, an email address. You're not yeah, selling not a product a yet. Letter. Yeah. So what's working well on the ad creative side is one swiping. And if you get inspiration from other ads that are outside of the newsletter industry, that's fine too. That's, that's even better actually. Um, but what's working well for my clients and the ads that we put out there are TikTok style videos. That's a huge one. Some people call this UGC. You what can do, you do this with UGC. What's that mean? User generated content. Got it. I guess UGC might be more like a testimonial style video and the TikTok style video could be you know, anything you see on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. However, that same TikTok style video works amazing as a Facebook or an Instagram ad because 30% of the time people spend on Instagram is on Instagram Reels. A lot more percentage of that time is on Instagram Stories. Yeah. So that's that, that you know vertical ad format, that video type of ad works super well. And you can make that yourself. If you did some swiping like I talked about, you can find examples of those types of ads that you can translate to your newsletter. You can follow some basic TikTok trends, basically turn that trend into an ad for your newsletter. Or you can go out to Fiverr, and there's a few other marketplaces like SwipeHouse.co, where you can find TikTokers and pay them to make a video ad for your business for between $50 and $100 per video. It's not super expensive to get videos like this. What was that called? Swipe? Swipe what? SwipeHouse. I think it's SwipeHouse.co. And honestly, Fiverr might be the best best one out there for this. Um, Swipe House is good. Another thing is just like reaching out to creators that you like or kind of in your niche and asking them to do a video and getting the rights to use that as an ad. That can be more expensive than Fiverr, but that's something that Morningberg does a lot. They, they're constantly reaching out to creators and paying them a few hundred bucks to make a video ad for them. But that might be your best performing creative is, is these videos. Um, the second best style of creative might be memes. I like to find memes that like are not necessarily funny, but they can somehow show someone the benefit of your newsletter or of your product. Yeah. Right. So it's not, you're not going to LOL at it, but like it, it gets, it gets people's attention because it's a meme. We're trained to look at memes because we get like a little dopamine spike and we, we chuckle at them. Yeah. Um, and then it can lead people into subscribing to the newsletter. So those two work really well. Man, there's so many places I want to go here. I'm going to start with this because this is a caveat and this isn't the conversation, but memes in general, I find so fascinating. Like the culture of memes, the fact that they're just a thing right now that is so, it's, it's like, it's an entire conversation that you can fit so perfectly into like such a bite sized chunk and the, the memetics of them, like quite literally where, where the, the, root word comes from makes it so that all of these ideas out there are like competing against each other 
And I just, I think that's so fascinating where like it, it really is survival of the meme, you know, and the best meme with the best idea, like will win the entire market. And so memes are super powerful. Like I know that they have like a, a tongue in cheek kind of connotation in our society, but fundamentally what they are, they're very, very powerful and they can move society in different directions very quickly. So I, I think people should appreciate memes a little bit more. They should, yeah. And it, they should think of it as like a skill they can develop too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just like copywriting. You can be a better meme maker and that if you're able to do that, I think you can make a lot of money or, or help your business a ton by doing that. And we'll, I think we'll see more of that in the future. But um, it's something that should be practiced. A good resource for folks, I think if you type, if you Google like meme templates, there's a great website called imgflip.com. And it's basically just a database for different memes. And you can also like rank memes. They have, they, at least they have a ranking system that shows me the most popular memes in the past seven or 30 days. And this is where I get a lot of my ideas. Obviously, like Reddit and, and Twitter is good too. But like this is a good site where you can basically just go and see hundreds of memes and just keep clicking and keep reading dozens of them until you find a meme that fits for your newsletter or your business. And then you make the ad with that meme. Yeah. You, you make a bunch. So it's a, it's a fun <laughs> thing. It's a fun thing to do, but it's also really effective. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's every time I get into these conversations, I, I feel like I repeat myself sometimes because I'm such a technical SEO person. To me, this whole underbelly of the internet is like a it's like looking under a carpet, you know, like you never know what you're going to find under there. Whereas me, it's always very analytical. Like this is what people are searching for. This is the intent behind it. Like how can you take this and turn it into money? But this is like a whole nother thing where you're, you're not starting with the intent. You're starting with that, the idea. And then you're like manifesting that idea into the action that you want people to take. And so anytime I get into these conversations, I just, I have to refrain from going down the rabbit hole because I find it to be so fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's one that I can honestly get a lot better at. I haven't, because it's so just common, you don't think about this can be like a really valuable thing in the skill. Yeah. It can be. It's funny. Totally. All right. Let's get back on track here. Landing page is number one. The the Facebook and the ads, we got vertical videos. These are TikTok style videos. I know what you mean, like, like vertical style videos. So my, my next question I think is important and it's not quite in the weeds, but it's more of a, it's more of like a philosophical type thing. There's so many newsletters that are about like digital marketing and are about newsletters. And it, it sometimes I worry like gets too meta, right? Like it's the same idea stacked on top of itself, stacked on top of itself, like turtles all the way down, you know? Do you still think that there's viability and that there's still openings? in this market? Is this just like an endless pool of, of attention? Or do you think it's eventually going to cap out to the point where the, the, there's going to be a few that are going to dominate all of this and everybody else is going to be fighting for scraps? Yeah. In the newsletter market overall or in, in the digital marketing newsletter market? Uh, let, let's stick with the newsletter market overall, yeah. just because the email is like is so valuable in the digital marketing in general. Like that can just go on forever, right? But like email addresses within themselves are, um, it's a finite resource because people are so protective of their inboxes. So let's let's stick with this for a little. Yeah, bit. I think newsletters are going to be ten times bigger than they are now wow. within a few years, 
And that's all because of the tools to make them have become so much more accessible. You have Substack, which everybody knows about. You can create a newsletter in 60 seconds. Beehive is an up and coming tool that I'm using a lot. That's which cool. Basically I like those really, guys. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's um, created by a Morning Brew, one of the first employees at Morning Brew, I think. Yeah. Tyler. And cool. um, it makes it really easy to grow your newsletter with Substack. It's like really easy to start. But if you want to grow your newsletter of paid ads, Substack's not a good platform for that. Beehive, they have a built-in referral program. They have better tracking. They have detailed analytics on your subscribers, all out of the box. It's so amazing because like at the hustle, we spent years and we had two or three engineers on the team to build the things that Beehive has out of the box where you can just sign up for free and use them right away. So anybody who, who wants to start a media business or a newsletter business has the tools to do it now. And they're, they're very accessible. And there's so many creators that have an audience that want to do more than just influence, like, want to do more than just be an influencer yeah. and get brand deals. They want to start that's a media me. business around their brand. Yeah. yeah, that's me. I want to do something more. So you really think that they're going to keep growing and keep growing? Yeah. And there is saturation, right? Because you can only subscribe to so many newsletters. You know, five, 10 year inboxes is probably more than enough for most people. But there's yeah. all types of niches that can be really big and you can have a million subscriber newsletter here and there. You know, there's like fantasy football. There's all types of different niches inside marketing, inside finance. There's going to be a long tail of newsletters that are already successful. And there will be like the big winners, like the morning brews or the industry dives, but there'll be a lot of really successful ones in smaller niches. I think that's true as well. This is something Ethan and I talk about a lot where, sorry, my dog was dying to get in here. If you, if you see her in the background. But there's, it's to the point where every interest is within itself a micro community. And so I think very similarly to how we've seen with, I guess Reddit's a good example because a subreddit is nothing but a micro community, right? I I think people are going to get more sophisticated around email. And I think since email is so much more personal and so much more of like a direct relationship, the, I don't know what you would call it. Like the strength of the community within an email list is, is like more bonded. It's, it's more of a commitment to subscribe and unsubscribe from a newsletter, especially something that you're really, really interested in. So I, I, I do agree with you. I, I think about it sometimes and I think, man, like how many more marketing newsletters are there going to be? But then I think to myself, well, lots more, <laughs> right? Because there's so many people that are interested in this, just like there's so many people that are interested in, like you said, fantasy football or who knows, paintball or, or insert topic here, right? There's, there's an endless pool of of different ideas. There can be a successful newsletter business for a lot of those. And they don't really exist now. There's like broad stuff like the hustle morning brew. I keep using those examples, but there's really not a lot of large newsletter businesses. There's a lot of media companies that have a newsletter and they just repost their articles in there. It's yeah, not very good. Exactly. There's a lot of people who do email marketing, but when you have a dedicated newsletter that has an amazing reading experience, that's something that's still untapped. And I see for some of my clients, they have, you know, 40 or 50,000 people on their newsletter that have a 95% plus open rate. And they're that engaged. And when you're that engaged, open an email every single day, you are a part of the community. They can monetize the shit out of those folks. That's something that most media companies can't do because they don't have that deep relationship with a reader like a newsletter might have. I totally agree. 
I'm going to stick on this for just one more question because this is something that I think is going to change depending on who you ask, but I'm really interested in. What do you agree? Is it better to be curated or is it better to just be a, like an essay in a newsletter form? What, what, what grabs people more in terms of the content that, that people send out to their audience? That's a good question because I see both. Like there's, there's lots of examples on both sides. You can think of like not boring is like an essay style newsletter yeah. that's huge in the tech community. It doesn't have a lot of subscribers, but it's really high, highly regarded and they make a ton from sponsorships. And then there's, you know, the hustle morning brewer more curated. There's a newsletter I work with called execsum.co. It's all curated. It's maybe a newsletter. If you, if you go to their site and check it out, it's like maybe a 20 or 25 bullet points. There's no original content, but they have a, 60% open rate and engagement is super high. So I would, for me, I would start on the curated end, like the bullet point style newsletters and find curation is really valuable to the subscribers, to the readers. Yeah. Just anecdotally, I've seen those work better because like the essay style or just original writing can be so hit or miss. If that's something you're really skilled at, then, then do it. But if it's something you don't feel like you're amazing at, then stick to the other one. Yeah. And then maybe there's like a good, the hustle had a lot of both. Like we would do Monday through Friday was a more curated newsletter. Yeah. And then every Sunday we would have the Sunday story, which is a long form original piece. So both can work as well. Very cool. All right. Uh, thank you for going on that little rabbit hole with me. Let's get back to growth. We've established our landing page. We've picked out some cool creative. We have a little bit of a budget. Then what? Just start running ads and, and see what happens. It, it's got to be more sophisticated than that, right? Yeah, a little bit. It's not super complicated though. Because, you know, Facebook can drive a lot of the paid growth. You don't need to do a dozen different ad platforms or even a handful of ad platforms. What really matters here is like making great ad creative. So spending time finding that perfect hook on for your TikTok video, finding that perfect meme, finding different ad formats that work for you, doing a lot of testing on the creative side and then testing audiences too. The targeting on Facebook is pretty simple. You're just going to interest audience are, are going to be what's going to work best for folks, especially when they're first starting out and they don't have a lot of data to create look like audiences. Yeah. And you're just going to keep testing. And like most newsletters can have a CPA that's below $2. If you have a lower budget, your CPA can be even lower than that. For because, sign up? Yeah. $2. No. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Are you just saying that? Like, no. Yeah. That's, most of my clients are at, Two dollars or below, and maybe when you're spending, you know, fifty, a hundred grand per month, it's going to go higher, right? Because you spend more on Facebook, you kind of reach outside your your target audience. It costs sure. more. Uh, your CPMs are higher when you spend more. But if you're spending, you know, ten grand a month, you can do two dollars. We did that for Milk Road. Basically, everybody I work with is at that two dollar or less range. And maybe I have one folks that's like one guy that said, um, you know, three dollars CPA, and just for when I say CPA, I'm talking about a free newsletter. We're not talking about a paid product, of course. I gotcha. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's doable. In Facebook, like people talk about rising Facebook costs. It's not really that high. Like the ad prices overall are lower than they were last year. iOS, like ATT, hasn't affected newsletters as much as has affected e-commerce and other businesses. Sure. Because for newsletters, you don't do retargeting. You're less yeah. on look like audiences. And the tracking doesn't matter as much. You just, you yeah. got the email, you didn't. Exactly. The tracking is super simple. Facebook doesn't really screw it up. They're pretty accurate. Um, so if you have that content market fit, you have a good landing page, you have good, good ad creative, you can get signups 
at that cost. So it's honestly harder to monetize them than it is to get them. But also, you're talking to me, and my main skill is newsletter growth. Like, so I may be better at this than the average person. So that's my point. I might be able to get those results faster and, and easier than some folks. Okay. You said it. So now we're going to talk about it. You said that it's very simple. And I appreciate that because I, I don't know, this might sound like a humble brag, but I've been pretty successful. And I, when people ask me questions, I, I never really know what to say because it's always a really simple solution. You know, like I, basically everything in my life that I've gotten in terms of just business success. There's a lot of definitions of the word success, right? But of, of my career uh, has come from writing an article a week, like a good long form 2000 word article every week. I've, I've done it probably once or twice a week for the past 10 years. And so when people ask me stuff, I'm just like, yeah, like that's all really good. But like, I don't actually have anything cool to say. I just write a lot. <laughs> you know, and so when you said it's pretty simple, that really stuck out to me. However, just because you say it's pretty simple doesn't mean that there might not be some kind of touch that you have or or some kind of insight that regular people wouldn't have. So in, in your opinion, and I know that I'm asking you to be a little bit self-reflective. I'm not trying to totally put you on the spot here. I'm just trying to dig a little bit deeper. Like, what do you think is an X factor that can make it? From five dollars, six dollars a sign up to two dollars. Yeah, what what's helped me the most is probably the copywriting shops that I have. Is I spent a long time just focusing on that when I first started digital marketing yeah. and reading all those those foundational books. Um, I need to revisit a lot of those because like reading those once a year also really help you keep the skills up to date. Totally. Um, so like if someone knows nothing about copywriting, they're gonna have a hard time getting an ad campaign going successfully, you have to have some skills there. Because you can only just... We talked about swiping, but you can only do so much of that if you don't have any copywriting skills, right? Because then you're just going to be copying. Swiping is different than copying. Swiping is taking something, taking inspiration and making it a little bit better, making it work for you. Copying only works so much, right? So that copywriting is a whole separate subject. I can kind of break down what type of ad creative and like what works well because we didn't get into the details there and that's that's a key thing because it's the same format for every newsletter i work with it's not no um, please Let, let's talk about it I, I appreciate the guidance as well like i don't know anything about this so if you think this is a a cool if you this is like a valuable thing to to give our listeners to i'd love to hear it please so step one just read some copywriting books for the folks out there that have never done that before you can oh, do yeah. that in yeah, yeah. in a few hours but so what works like what Type of copy attracts newsletter readers and gets people to join it and read at a, at a low cost, right? So number one is like your newsletter needs to solve a specific problem for a specific reader or have some, some benefits. So a few examples of those. Execsum is a newsletter that's going to be very big, um, in the next year or so. Their, their focus is on investment bankers and people who work in finance. And basically their pitch is like, People that have that job, they need to stay up to date on all the financial and business news. They need to know it for their job, for their boss or for their clients they work with. So instead of checking and reading Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal, they can just read the exact some newsletter, read the 20 bullet points, and that's everything they should need to know for the day to like be updated on their work. Um, the Milk Road 
that has a lot more original writing. So it's a little bit harder to distill that value pitch into a few sentences, but like they help you discover the like, latest crypto projects and trends that you wouldn't have heard about if you weren't subscribed to the Milk Road newsletter. And that's really valuable to folks because they can potentially make a lot of money by investing in those NFT projects or coins or just like learn a new emerging industry. Um, there's a lot of value to that. One piece of language worked, that worked really well for the Milk Road was like, we explain crypto in plain English. Yeah. Just that one sentence was like a big, a big positive factor in our ads. And that's something that a lot of like other crypto media companies or influencers don't do. Like you read an article from the Coin Telegraph and you don't understand half the words in it. So that solves a problem for folks that want to understand crypto. Another example is just time saving. The exact same was that there's a lot of newsletters that are just focused on time saving. So yeah. instead of reading boring articles, you read Morning Brew for five minutes in the morning. Another one is looking smart or sounding smart, especially in front of your colleagues or your boss or people you want to impress. One of the best performing ads of the hustle, this ad copy worked for years. It literally worked from like 2017 to now. They're still running it at the hustle in the test. It was a, it was like a fake testimonial. And the copy was like, my boss thinks I'm smart. I'm not. It's because I read the hustle and he has no idea it exists. (laughs) And a lot of other newsletters have like swiped that and it's worked really well. But basically it's like, I have a secret that my boss or my colleagues don't know about that gives me an advantage and edge in the workplace. And that's why I read the hustle or why I read another newsletter. So those are all like examples of problem solutions and benefits that work well. But I would, I would try and find that. Try and find the problem you're solving and how your newsletter is the solution or try and find that benefit that people want and how your newsletter provides that benefit. If you don't get to that, that's like step one. If you don't get that right, the other stuff probably won't work as well. And you may need to like edit your content to drive that benefit or solve that problem. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. need to do that and that's okay. That's exactly what, what happened to me. I started like a lot of people just writing about digital marketing or something I've been into for years. And that's, that's where I started. And after talking to Ethan, what you said is totally right. It's a specific need for a specific person. So I thought about this for like really like a year. I remember I had, you talk about swiping. It's so funny because that's, that's really all I've done with this. The hustle has, and, and when you said it, I realized it. the time saving, it's five minutes or less. I've seen it everywhere. And so my friend Gans as well, he's got this newsletter called Seed Table. It's basically the hustle except for European tech. And he says, learn more about European tech in five minutes or less. And so I swiped it and it was be a better entrepreneur in five minutes or less. And it was okay. It did all right. But I thought really, really hard, like what the hell is a thing that I have that not a lot of people have that I can confidently bring to the table and legitimately offer some kind of solution. And I've I've been really good at like establishing companies and then automating them with personnel and software. And so it's it's been very helpful for me to have different income streams. And so that was I was like shit, I got it. That's what it is. And as soon as I put that tagline on the homepage of my website, my I don't know exactly what it is. I'm I'm not very sophisticated. It, it might be 30%, something like that. Um, I get about 20, 20 signups a day. And yeah, I get about 100 or so hits to my website a day. So close. And it was, uh, I will teach you how to generate multiple streams of income. And so I might not be hitting one of those 
really specific, looking smart, time saving. Oh, well, I guess I am a specific problem for a specific reader, right? So I guess I am kind of hitting that. As soon as I figured out like exactly who I am in my newsletter, the whole thing started coming together. And that's all that one little sentence. But like what you said is also true. I changed my newsletter to fit my promise. And that may hurt some people in their ego because they have like this vision about like what it is they're trying to create, right? But for me, as soon as I did that, the whole thing took off on me. Yeah. And look at that difference between like become a better entrepreneur versus get multiple streams of income. Like there's a big difference. One is general, one is specific. And specific always works better. We want to have a specific promise followed by exact proof. So another example of this is a newsletter called Front Office Sports. They're really big, really successful. Can, can you um, say that pro- again now? Specific promise with what? Specific promise followed by specific proof. So proof is basically just backing up that promise, right? Yeah. Because if, if you just make a massive promise, the, mass, the bigger the promise is, the less believable it is. So having that proof to follow up is big. So an example of that, front office sports, they are a, a newsletter about the business of sports. And like their tagline is basically like, we'll, we'll make you a smarter, smart sports business person. I don't know the exact tagline. I don't work with them, but something like that you can imagine. And their proof is like every NBA franchise owner reads our newsletter. So specific promise, specific proof. They're super successful because of those two factors. And if people find those two things that can generate a great headline, a great landing page, a great ad and grow the newsletter really quickly. And not everybody's going to have that audience, right? But they can find something else. Another example yeah. of proof. Even just putting like your exact number of subscribers, even if you're small, can help a lot. You know, we have 1,503 subscribers. Put that on your landing page. And like that, that's better than just not saying anything about your subscribers. If your subscribers work somewhere, like they have a work email address in your email database and you see they work at, you know, some well-known companies, put that on your landing page too. You have to follow up that promise with with some degree of proof it doesn't have to be super in-depth but that helps a lot as well yeah i love this we got a couple of minutes left i got two questions i want to ask you one uh, this is out of left field but i'm genuinely curious as somebody who has their finger on the pulse in your view what are some of the most opportunistic industries niches communities out there that people aren't taking advantage of for the newsletter space? There's a lot out there. It's tough for me because I'm so dialed in on building my company and helping newsletters grow. For sure. Um, I'm not researching a lot of the growing opportunities. Ethan's probably a better person for that because he's so dialed into the trend. I think I would think about it in reverse, actually. If you're growing a newsletter that's going to be primarily monetized through sponsorships, you need to think about who are the most valuable advertisers in your newsletter, which is not like a fun way to think about things. Not everyone wants to think about things this way, but like you want to have an audience valuable to those advertisers. So that's why B2B is so great in serving an audience that is is focused on a an industry and building a newsletter around that industry. And then you can find advertisers that want to reach people in the industry. That's, that's a great way to think about things. So there's a lot out there. Um, Industry Dive is a great example. They're basically a B2B newsletter that has a dozen different publications in different industries. They have waste management, they have marketing, they have payments, all different types of things. I would find something that you have some experience in yeah. and just build something around that and then try and 
position them in a way to advertisers that you're like the leading source of news for this specific niche in this industry and you have these industry leaders on your newsletter and you can sell much higher price ads that way. It's kind of I kind of went around your your question there because I don't have a great answer for like what's up and coming. I would rather focus on like what's most valuable. I think, you know, there's just you don't have to find something brand new. Like there's there's big niches, there's spaces yeah. within marketing within any industry that you can do well on. I don't feel like that was a dodge. I actually really respect that. I get I don't want to call it flack. I get uh feedback sometimes in the content I put out there because I'm not very romantic, I guess you could say, with what I'm trying to do. <laughs> like for me, if I'm going to sit and stare at this screen, I better be getting something out of it. And it's it's just always been very calculated for that. And and so there's times where I think to myself, oh, like maybe people are in it for entertainment. Like maybe there really is this creative expression out here. And <laughs> I don't know. That's just ain't for me. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to grow and 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 help with my career and my family and my finances. That's that's where I'm at it for, what I'm in it for. And so I, I do like actually really, really appreciate that answer because I think that's the right way to approach it. Like why bother with the headache? Just find the fast, the fastest, most direct path to success and then just execute on it. That's always what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's what a newsletter business is about, really, is execution. Because you're, yeah. It's not a winner-take-all game. If you make better content, do better marketing than another newsletter or another media company, you can win there. And it's, there's not a lot of newsletters out there. Even though the people listening to this, they probably know of a lot, but the average person really doesn't. And they're not reading many newsletters and there's a lot of room to grow. Okay. I love this because this is my last question, actually. More of a thought experiment than a question. As you know, I own an agency that works with addiction treatment centers. I've been involved in behavioral health care for years. It's something I'm super passionate about. It's important to me that these services are out there and that people get this help for many reasons. I have seen for years an opportunity for a newsletter that speaks specifically to behavioral health care professionals. There's 14,000 or so treatment facilities in the country alone. Got to be 100,000 therapists, insurance verification, employees, administrators, right? Uh, business development reps. Um, liaisons that work with hospitals and treatment centers to kind of cater that relationship to if somebody like overdoses in a hospital and then you go to treatment, right? Like that's, that's a field within itself. But I've always been reluctant because of exactly some of the things that you said, like, is this even a viable option? Is this even a newsletter that would work? But you're, you gave an example. I wrote it down. I forget exactly which one it is, but it was so dry. It was so systematic and it speaks only to this group of professionals. So when I say that to you, and if anybody's listening to this and you have some kind of weird esoteric idea in some kind of industry that you're involved in and you think to yourself, no, that'll never work. What, what, what would be your feedback to that? I think there's a few factors that can, can make it work or can make it not work. Um, first of all, that's a great idea. I think that could be a really successful newsletter. It's not going to have millions of subscribers, but like, just having 10,000 subscribers of people who work in the industry yeah. may be extremely valuable to advertisers and you can grow beyond that. So that's 
I keep mentioning Industry Dive because they do such a good job. I think they just sold for over $100 million. And they just do B2B newsletters like that in different niches. So that could be a massive business right there. But to answer the question, like how I think about it is, if you're doing a newsletter that's focused on monetizing sponsorships, your audience needs to buy things. So professionals in that industry that you just mentioned, they're, they probably buy a lot of products for their business, right? And so you can get those advertisers in the newsletter. If you create a newsletter that's for teachers, for example, they don't really buy a lot. They yeah. buy school supplies and that's about it. Oh, yeah. so, so you have to be, you have to think about it that way. Um, now if you're creating like a product for teachers that helps them do their jobs better, like teachers pay teachers is a huge business. Maybe that, that could be successful, but you have to think about how you're going to monetize your newsletter and you need to build your audience around that. So if you're, if you're monetizing by selling a course, maybe you go more broad. Maybe you target entrepreneurs. If you're monetizing through sponsorships, maybe you, you only target, you know, waste management professionals and you find companies that sell into that industry to become your sponsor. So it depends on what you're going for, but that's what I would recommend. Totally. Another one of those moments where after you say it, it's like, duh, because the professionals in healthcare in general need a ton of products. You need software, you need CRMs, you need call tracking software, you need call tracking routing software, you need phones, you need hard lines, like you need so much shit. And, and I always thought to myself, like, am I, Am I creating content for the business professionals or am I creating content for the facilities themselves in, in this newsletter? And in my head, it was always for the professionals because they're the ones that actually need to know the news about, I don't know, some kind of, let's say an insurance company updates their, their terms or, or whatever. You know, like that's really boring news to the regular person, but for people in, in this industry, it really speak to them. But. Even with that said, the actual question to ask is, do these professionals buy stuff? And like for me, the answer is yes. And so for anybody listening, if you have a, an esoteric idea in your head, the question to ask yourself is, does your audience buy stuff? And if they do, there's a viable path to profitability. Yeah, that's, you just got to distill it down to that. It's a great way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it, just like you said, man, it's pretty simple. I love it, man. I I loved this. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we're friends because I'm going to need you. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is super, super exciting. I, I tried to find some stuff about you before we started re recording. You're like one of these quiet assassin internet marketing type that like doesn't really care if people follow you on Twitter or not. So yeah, <laughs> I've know. got a lot out there. I they haven't put a lot out there. Um, Growletter.co has like my socials and Excellent. my email if you want to contact me there. But um, I may publish more, but I've just been so focused on like just helping clients. Definitely. I've gotten so many referrals, so I haven't really needed to do content marketing yet. But maybe someday I'll put some more stuff out there. Oh, amazing. I love it. Okay, well, go to the show notes, copybloggerpod.com. Everything we talked about is going to be linked up in the show notes, Matt. Thank you so much. Seriously, uh, I, this was great. I really, really loved it. Let's keep in touch. We'll do it again. Yeah, that'd be fun. I love getting to the weeds. It's a lot of, a lot of fun. So it's great yeah. meeting you. I'll be in touch. Likewise. All right, everyone. If you enjoyed the show, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Please leave the five-star reviews. Thank you for all the kind words I'm going to get into the DMs on Twitter. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.